Welcome to the Rock Your Purpose podcast, home of the Rock Your Purpose revolution. This is the place to find inspiration and life-changing tools to awaken your authentic self and activate your purpose. Inspirational speaker and international teacher Emily Perry will take you behind the scenes in creating your own purpose revolution. So get ready to rock your purpose, lead your tribe and manifest your vision for your life. Here's your host, Emily Perry. Hey there, welcome to the Rock Your Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Emily Perry, and on today's show, we have Tanya Markle. I'm so excited to have her on the show. She is the author of The She Book and The She Book 2.0, which is coming out very soon. I'm so excited to share this interview with you. So I've been following Tanya for a long time. We used to, way back in the day, both write for a common online magazine, and I've been watching her evolution ever since then. And so it's such an honor to have her on the show, to talk about her new book, to talk about her process, to talk about her journey. And so I know you'll just totally be inspired by this episode. And I can't wait to share it with you. And I wanted just to let you know that we are giving away a copy of her new book, The She Book 2.0. And to win, all you have to do is take a screenshot of you listening to this episode, tag um, Tanya at Thug Unicorn tag me at rock your purpose and all the instructions will be in the show notes for this episode so head on over there to the show notes and all the instructions will be there on how to win today's episode is brought to you by the heart medicine Masterclass. it's my six-week journey of healing the heart and reclaiming your power so if you're interested in using some of the tools i've talked about here on the podcast like breath work or meditation some energy work to create the shift in your life that will make a big difference and help you step into the future that we're stepping into with a sense of purpose and ease, then this is for you. Go to emilyperry.com slash heartmedicine to learn more. Today's episode is also brought to you by my upcoming membership. You guys, the Live Awake Collective has been bubbling, has been brewing, has been you know, gestating, so to speak, for so long. And I'm so excited to bring it to you really soon. You can go to liveawakecollective.com to get on the wait list. We will have spaces for energy work, breath work, meditation, and manifestation. There will be practices in there, what I call soul temple yin, which is like this yin yoga, slow flow um, experience. There will be chanting for you in there to help you reframe your mind and create new patterns and so much more. So I'm so excited about the Live Awake Collective. It's been a dream of mine for a while and I'll be housing all my material in one space. So it'll be a really beautiful way to do the work that we talk about here in the podcast in a way that's organized and aesthetically beautiful and full of community and connection and, you know, real real conversation about this work and taking your life into its next evolution. So join us there, liveawakecollective.com. Get on the wait list and I'll see you in the collective. I can't wait to share this episode with you, but I wanted to tell you a little bit about Tanya um, for those of you who are new to her and her work. And as I mentioned, she is the author of The She Book and 
You know, early in life, she discovered emotional pain to be a sustainable resource for art and creation, and she hasn't stopped writing since. Her quotes, stories, poems, and prose have touched readers around the world, and she hopes to be a safe space for inspiration and empowerment for years to come. I'll make sure that you have her books linked and her website and all the ways that you can get in touch with her in the show notes. She's one of those viral authors, you know, her book and her quotes are all over Instagram and Pinterest. Let's just dive into the interview and I can't wait to share Tanya with you. Well, welcome to the Rock Your Purpose podcast, Tanya. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to talk to you and to talk to you also about your upcoming, well, your new book, The She Book 2.0. And, you know, your first book, was that your first book, The the She Book? That was my first book. Yeah. And it totally went viral and (laughs) (laughs) it was everywhere and it still is everywhere. And I still see people quoting it and, and I'm diving into it. And I don't know if you could tell us a little bit about like the journey that you've been on to get to where you are now. So I know it's probably been a long and and beautiful road, Um, (laughs) but I know you weren't, you didn't just, you didn't just come out this amazing writer. And so how, like, what was, what has the journey been like for you in terms of really standing in your voice and, and sharing what you've been sharing with the world um, in the last few years? Um, I, I started writing when I was six years old. And I used to, you know, write lines on top of lines and I'd call it poetry. So I knew from a young age that writing and poetry was something that, you know, felt right to me. It felt like something I could use to express myself. And many things happened um, in my childhood. Um, I experienced, you know, the death of the people who were my parents, both of them by the time I was 13. And you know, went through the realization that I had been, you know, abandoned and rejected by not only my mother and father, but other family members. And, you know, throwing that on top of becoming a teenager and trying to figure all that, all that out. Um, and and I, stopped, I stopped writing for a while. I stopped creating, even though I always had the call. I always had the call. I always wanted to be a writer. And I would try to stray from that path as, as much as I could, you know, because I wasn't emotionally literate as a teen. I wasn't emotionally literate, you know, in my 20s, just started figuring it out in my 30s, like lifelong progress. But I realized, you know, I guess, I guess the biggest turning point for me was moving to Denmark. Like I put a giant salty ocean between my roots Mm-hmm. and myself. And when I came here, you know, I left the States and it's it's always a hard question because people are like, don't you miss your family? Like how often do you make it home? And I'm like, I don't really have much of that there. You know, I have my biological mother and I have my grandmother that I'm connected to and some cousins, but it's not an intimate physical, you know, kind of relationship. Me and my mother are trying to find our way to that. But you know, we're not there yet. Mm -hmm. So when I left, like when I left to the country that I was born in to come here, I didn't have anyone saying goodbye. There was no one like, oh, don't go or like, oh, have a good time. Well, we can't wait to see you again. I just left. And I, I had severed, you know, not even a narrative that I could express at the time, but just lived in my body. 
And so I came here and it was like the, the north, you know, the direction of the north, you know, the true north. It just came in and it was like knocked me on my ass. I had a complete, you know, career tra- change. I was like suffering from crazy um, anxiety and panic attacks. And I had also like deepened into, you know, some personal practices like yoga. I was writing to, for myself and I was meditating and I was like, everything was being thrown in my face. Like, holy shit, this is, the, this is like my reality and this is the, the contraction and the woundedness living in my body. And I, this is how I have been seeing the world. And I completely lost my voice. I like as not just a writer, like as an artist, but also as a person, you know, I lost my center. Mm -hmm. I didn't know which direction I was going. And it really took like, you know, I, I got back involved with, you know, more public writing in the online publishing world, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. I was writing about things that, you know, I look back and I'm like cringing at myself, but of course, you know, it's like, I remember my first article that I wrote for, you know, a certain online publication Mm -hmm. and it was about a bar of soap. And I was like, what the fuck? Like compared to what I write about now, it's like all those layers I had on like, holy shit. You know, where, where the fuck was this, this person? So, um, you know, it really, and then there was like this, you could call it like a betrayal that happened with me and someone very close to me in a very intimate, um, creative relationship. We were co-creators and I had put so much of myself into it and like all the red flags were there. All of the toxicity was there, but I was caught up in what I felt was going to, you know, kind of save me or like define me. I didn't have to work on that myself. Mm. And then one night, you know, the lights went out and there was a lock put on the door and like it hurt really bad. It hurt like hell, Mm -hmm. but it was like, it was like mother universe kicking my ass out of the nest and like go fly on your own you know you can do this and that's really how I started to find my voice and again and I was like shit I just have to let myself you know work through like find my muse again and like let myself write all this really bad shit Mm -hmm. just to clear it out you know get rid of these outer layers all the superficiality and like start to say what I really want to say. Mm -hmm. And this she book, the first collection was really like, I had put this together in three months. You know, it wasn't like years. I just like, I had all of this in me that just needed to come out. And I knew it like straight away. I was like, I have to get this out. I'm just going to go for it. And I originally, you know, self-published and was picked up later by Anders McMill, a publisher. But it was like, I, I look back at it now and I'm just like, wow, like this happened. I can't believe that happened. And then, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. I think we have to go through that process of like going through the super, superficial layers, as you're saying, like, you know, weeding through like the, 
those other layers to get to what's underneath, right? And do that kind of clearing work. And it's like the practice also, like that was kind of building your muscles, you know, so to speak, so that when you were getting to like really writing your truth and really what you had to say, um, you're ready. You know, it's almost like you're in training. <laughs> yeah, it's totally training. But I like, I, I can say that I never realized like doing this, like being a storyteller, being a poet, being a writer, I never realized like the magnitude of what, like for me, just personally, my experience, like what you're going to be, you know, the magnitude of what you're going to have to face about yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, and like allowing your, what it means to actually be vulnerable and like what it means to actually stand in like what your truth is right in this moment, even if you look back, like I have many times and you're like, you know, that it's a process of evolution of your voice, of your art, of your like your own human experience here. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is always unexpected for me, like how that feels, you know, especially also as like a hyper ultra sensitive person. It's, it's just, whew. Yeah. And so, yeah, being that sensitive person too, it's like you're, you're feeling all the feelings and as you're probably doing the work, it's like you're feeling it through again and again and again. And it's really like this, I mean, it's a beautiful processing, I think too, but um, it really does come through in the work. So like when we read it, like as a reader, as an experiencer, so to speak, you can really feel that you um, have gone on this journey, like with us, you know, so it's really beautiful in that way, how it comes through. Calm. Yeah. And so the she book 2.0, like what inspired, mm-hmm. what was that? I know it's like 2.0. I, it's, it's almost like you're, you're kind of beginning where you left off. Is that fair to say? Or, um, yeah, in a way, in a way I'm, I'm picking up where I left off, like in sequence, the, the poems continue at, you know, we start again at 115 and we go another, you know, 224 poem, poem poem and prose pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, But this was really like, this was really more focused on me going through a really dark time for, you know, two years and experiencing, you know, deep sadness depression, you know, the underworld, just feeling really isolated and lonely and disconnected and kind of how I found my way through that Mm. process. Yeah. Like your, your wayfinding through the, through that time. And, you know, right now I feel like so many people are having their own version of that, right. With, with what's happening right now with uh, COVID-19 and just the shifts that you know, there's been a lot of, I don't know, it feels like the whole, the old paradigm is dying, you know? Yeah. And so now we have to birth a new one and not only just a collective new paradigm, but also like a, an in, as individuals too, like a new, you know, we all have to create our own new paradigm in the way that we want to live and, and what's important to us and, and also facing probably you know, all the, what we've been through that we haven't maybe looked at or, you know, all the, those shadowy bits um, of the self. And what, what, what do you feel like really supported you on that journey? Um, I mean, obviously writing. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, how did you find your way? I mean, what was, what was, what were some of the things that helped you navigate? Um, you know, it was really, I mean, it was really hard. I had reached a point where I was, 
you know, definitely thinking that I didn't need to be here anymore. You know, it was, it was really like the lowest I have gone in a really long time in like in a really, really long time. And it, if it wasn't for like my loving, amazing, like aware partner, I don't know that I would have snapped out of it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I just wasn't seeing myself. I was completely, you know, disconnected from my body. Um, and I, I just couldn't, I was numb. I couldn't feel. And it really was, you know, he stepped in one day and he asked, you know, I'm really worried about you. Are you okay? And then I was like, whoa, he's, what is he asking me that for? You know? And I had realized and that it's like, I saw myself for the past, you know, nine, nine months that I had been in this deep, dark hole. And I was like, oh my God, I need to start doing something about this. And the steps were small. The steps were really small. I mean, it was in such a vulnerable place. Um, I had experienced a very traumatic um, birth with my second son. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was very close to, as close as I've ever become in this life to to death, to dying. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, you know, being a mother to two small children and a husband, you know, you know, running a house and like then take, trying to take care of myself through um, postpartum, mm-hmm. through this, you know, sadness and depression. Um, and it was like, I had felt like I was literally climbing out of a hole with like nothing helping me, you know, bare hands, bare feet. Um, but like I said, the, pro- the progression was slow. Um, it was like started with really just taking a shower a day. You know, that was like a huge thing for me, taking mm-hmm. a nice long bath and like slowly added more self-care to the mix, you know, eating food that was delicious, but like healthy. Um, and then slowly I started to reach out to, you know, my close friends here. You know, people were checking in all the time, um, but I wasn't reaching out and like I needed to reach out. I needed like my friends, I needed other women to hold space for me and like hear my story, um, which is also a lot about this book of like going through these times, we tend to isolate ourselves and like push everybody away. I pushed everybody away. Like if I'm sad or like feeling angry, I push everybody away. I deal with it with myself because it's links back to how I dealt with it as a child. Mm. Um, so I started to reach out and like letting other people see me in the state that I was in and like not being judged for it, but being loved and like, you know, nurtured, um, and also being outside. I was going, taking a walk. I still take a walk like every day and just breathe, you know, the air and touch the earth and hang out with the trees. So it was a process. Yeah, really being healed by nature. And I do love this idea of community because I feel like your books create such community um, because they give voice to, you know, what a lot of people have gone through in some way. Maybe it's obviously not the same circumstance exactly, but it's like, oh, I felt that or I've been through something like that or I've, I've had those feelings about some things, you know, some other part of my life as well or some stage of my my evolution. and. Um, Does that really surprise you, like how much community really formed around your work? Um, Definitely. It was definitely surprising. I mean, I I mean, 
I actually don't even know. I don't even know that it's really sunk in, you know, that much, like, which is also like, I have a hard time receiving, receiving all of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really beautiful. But I feel like it's also a reflection of like my own um, kind of self-awareness because I feel like what's always been missing from my life is like a community of women. You know, I've always craved like a group of friends that I could really just love and trust like with for like a lifetime, you know, and I've always wanted that. And like I went to high school and I be, was like became one of the most popular girls in high school yet nobody knew my story. You know, like nobody knew I hated myself. Nobody knew I had an eating disorder. Nobody knew that my parents weren't around. You know, nobody knew that I lived with my with my aunt and like her two kids and like her alcoholic um, boyfriend. It was like I no one knew who I really was on the on the inside. Attracted friends that were more like superficial. You know, they didn't really feel like they necessarily cared about me. So there's always like this gaping hole mm-hmm. uh, missing. And it's so funny because I always say like I went to high school when I was one of the most popular girls, and I left with no friends. you know yeah and you know I I was like by the grace of God got into university and I made some friends there but also you know the same situation just unable to allow myself to stay connected with people that were you know loving towards me just yeah it's taken time but I found that here that's beautiful yeah and I think a lot of people go through that and like in their youth like especially as we start to develop as people and really, you know, uncover who we are. It's like when the, the vision of ourself doesn't fit, isn't, isn't a match or like the, our outsides don't match our insides, you know, especially going through those teenage years and like in the college years, it's like, you know, our insights change so dramatically and then, but the outside has to start to shift to, you know, match. And so I think a lot of women in particular go through this phase where it's like, people don't actually know me, you know, because they don't yeah. see how I feel on the inside because my outside, my outer expression hasn't started to line up or align with how I feel on the inside. Um, yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I think it's also like you mentioned, you know, it is a little bit like the old paradigm. I feel like the old paradigm where, you know, we're kind of programmed and really influenced to push everybody away to not share what hurts or not, you know, not tell the story of our wounds because we're afraid to be judged or to be seen, you know, blamed like it was our fault or to be shamed or to be made fun of. And I feel like these, you know, aspects of community is holding space for everybody is holding space for the vast spectrum of human emotions that we are Mm -hmm. and all the backgrounds that we have. And I feel that also comes, you know, into play. It's not just like a teenage, uh, where do I fit in? But we, we go through that at every phase, you know, in our twenties and our thirties and our forties, like who is around me and like what percentage of that is a result of like me pushing people away because of my own shit and like what percentage of that are we taught to treat each other to keep people at 
such a distance and not step into, you know, the circle of what it means to live in community, which I think a lot of um, societies have no clue how to do that. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and also, yeah, it's like this, yeah, shifting the way that we, um, we relate to one another and yeah, you know, creating community in such a way where we're, we allow ourselves to, you know, be seen completely. And, um, you know, I think in that being seen, there's a sense of like okayness that, you know, really starts to show up for people. And at the same time, it's sort of like you can move through things, I think, more quickly because it's not like you have to just deal, you know, process it yourself or deal with it yourself or um, feel like you're alone in the journey because, you know, everybody has a story. Like, um, you know, I remember, so I'm also an acupuncturist and I remember being um, treating patients in, um, as an intern and you know, we saw so many people and I realized every single person that came in had a crazy story crazy story, you know? And, and I just started to realize like, wow, we all have that, you know? And so um, it allows you not only just to be seen, but also this recognition that like, oh, wow, they have something going on too. And it gives us that sense of compassion and empathy for people's experience of like, you know, maybe the way they're showing up and like, oh, they've got something going on in the background that, you know, that they're working with, you know? Definitely. Oh my God, definitely. And like, you know, one of the things that also surprises me about you know being in this social media or the social media realm like the virtual realm is like i have a certain amount of followers but what is like the most moving thing for me is what i receive like in my dms you know it's like there's so much more mm -hmm. there's so much more that people share with me because of you know the degree of openness that they think that you know that they believe that i am mm -hmm. and that is so moving you know to be able to hear and like witness and read what someone who you know we don't know each other but we connect in this realm we connect through you know the wounded prose and poetry and and empowered words that i can sometimes share mm -hmm. and it's just it, it just amazes me what we all carry around and and we don't share it from things that you know not like in a judge like a horrible judgy way but i i read some people's stories and i'm like holy shit i cannot believe you survived that you know like you're so strong and amazing and like some things are are you know relative they're something else and i'm just it, it just amazes me mm -hmm. from like the levels of degree and like the magnitude of trauma that we just hold and we don't share it. Mm -hmm. And that trauma, it's like, um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have, yeah, their own version of that, you know, and yeah, when it's not shared, it becomes like, I, I kind of think of it as like background noise to like the soundtrack of our life, right? And has it, it kind of starts to um, steer a lot of like the decisions that we make, the way that we relate, the, how open we are, how connected we can be. Um, and that's what I love about, you know, your work is that it really speaks to, you know, that experience like with your own self and then it gives people permission to, you know, shine a light on their own, their own experiences and like, oh, wow, like this is, this is okay. Like 
for in the, it's yeah. okay for me to be in this space. It's okay. I can, I'm strong enough to process it. And at the same time, like, because of that, I'm so much stronger and, um, I've got work to do in the world, you know, I got gifts to share. <laughs> yeah, totally. But I think sometimes people feel like they have to like believe that they have achieved some kind of like personal growth to, in order to be able to share their story and like be able to provide answers and like solutions. And I just feel like for me, I, I don't feel that way. Like I'm so, I feel so awkward all the time and like I don't know like if you could be in my brain right now like I'm I feel so shy and like I'm like an extrovert but an introvert and like I don't have all the answers and like when I first started saying yes to interviews I would feel like I needed to have this beautiful eloquent answer to every question and I realized like that's just not that's not fucking me. Like, I really don't know like anything. <laughs> I really don't know a lot, but I, I can just share what I write and I can share, you know, my stories and experience. And like, you don't have to have all of these, you don't have to take all these boxes in order to be able to be worthy to tell your story or to be like intelligent enough or, you know, whatever adjective that you want to use that, yeah, when you're ready, you can tell it and you can tell it to the most important person in your life. And that's you. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. And yeah, at the same time, it's like, yeah, you you don't need to have answers. You don't have to wrap it up. It doesn't have to be wrapped up in a pretty bow for like a Mm -hmm. TED talk. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's another thing. (laughs) Right, right. So, and I think that, I mean, and that, what I love about that though, too, is it's like, that's the realness, right? That's like, the the un the unfinished business the the loose ends the like okay I don't know where this is going this is where I am this is what I've been through and um, the beauty of that is it's sort of like it creates just like this open space for other people just to you know be in their experience and yeah we don't have to have all the answers right yeah totally <laughs> yeah yeah what are the answers anyways I don't even know. <laughs> Yeah. And I think what's that, there's that quote and I can't remember who said it, but it's sort of like our work is to live into the questions, you know? Mm. And so like, you know, it's really the question and like asking the question and being in that story and allowing the story to shift and change and allow us to grow into that, you know? Um, totally. Yeah. You mentioned earlier how you, um, because I noticed at the end of your of the of the two of the she book two point there's um, some poems with um, you know really reference nature and your experience in nature, and you referenced earlier also in our talk how you know you go started going for walks and you started just getting outside. And can you speak a little bit to that? Like I know right a lot right now a lot of us are going through this place where it's like really reconnecting to the to the natural world in a lot of ways and. And if you could speak to a little bit of that in your healing journey. Definitely. Well, I think, you know, where we are as humans right now, the world is right now, we're in a place of like reflection and introspection and we're listening. You know, we've slowed down and we're listening. We're listening to ourselves. We're listening to, you know, our communities we're listening to the world and like we're also listening to mother nature 
And I know that it's not just me, that it, this is more of like a, it's, it's a universal medicine and principle and energy that sometimes when we have excess energy, sometimes when we have a big question, sometimes when we are trying to find our way through something that we have instincts and intuition that lead us outside. Mm. And I believe the reason for that is, and I'm sure you've heard it before as well, that when we lose who we are, when we don't belong, you know, when we don't have the answers, when we aren't feeling good, when there's no one else to turn to, we can always turn to the earth, always. And that she is there waiting to receive us. And the ground beneath our feet or beneath our bodies, however we're positioned, is willing and open and ready 24-7 to absorb whatever it is that we're ready to release, you know, whatever energy that we're willing to let go of, mm -hmm. any constriction, any contraction, whatever energetic attitude, belief, narrative that we no longer need, she will take it and she will transform it into something else. And that leaves new space in our bodies, in our minds, in our hearts, in our you know, soul space to create something else or to fill it with something else so yeah it's so beautiful and like that healing work it's like it's right there for us right this beautiful yeah. you know connection and then the, there's that connection to self that happens too right when we when we reconnect to earth it's like we're connecting to that the earth the earthliness of ourselves you know um and i feel like right now too it's such a time for us to like it's like almost like we're really um, feeling into um, so Lorraine Roach has this you know this beautiful book the Radiant Sutras and he has this line where he talks about the magic animal of our being and mm -hmm. I always think of that it's like really kind of touching back into like the magic animal of our being you know and really like feeling into our bodies again and like feeling into our breath and like our feet on the earth like our bodies on the earth like all that mm -hmm. like getting back into who we are as as beings you know um, Especially, yeah, as you mentioned, like when we don't feel like we fit in or we don't feel like the boxes that we've been in or those roles that we've been in fit anymore, it's a beautiful place to to create that transformation. Definitely. And I feel like we all kind of forget that we 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 speak another language. You know, we speak the the words of the country or countries that we are we're born in or you know, our parents or whoever taught us and we speak body language, you know, and we speak kind of intuitively and energetically, but we also speak the language of nature, you know, and if we go outside and we allow ourselves to open up to communing with nature, that it starts to speak back, you know, and it's not in the human language of words, but it's through holding space, it's through respect and love, it's through a gentle, you know, brush of the wind on your face, or, you know, asking a question and then seeing a creature 
suddenly appear appear in your vision you know mm -hmm. so and, it, and it's a beautiful creative language and it can take you to places that your mind doesn't go but that your imagination you know travels and that's can be extremely um, meaningful and it can have a, a ex I feel like for me it can be so gratifying to just allow myself to sit in nature to let my imagination and my instincts take over and that's really where I can become super creative because my world, these walls, you know, no longer exist and the possibilities become numerous. You know, you've got this beautiful new, new offering, the she book. Um, and, you know, what if just as in terms of wrapping up our conversation here, um, you know, if you could just let our, you know, our listeners know that there's like one thing, like one takeaway, I mean, there's so many takeaways out of this book. <laughs> I've highlighted it up, the, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but um, if there's a couple things that really, some imprints that really, um, that you think of when you think of this offering, like, what would you say you wanted to um, leave our, our listeners with? Um, I definitely, I definitely want to share that you, if you know you're experiencing dark times, if you're in the underworld, that you're not alone. It's really important to remember, and it's hard to remember when you're in it because it feels so isolating and it feels so lonely. Um, I also want to just really emphasize um, the importance of getting into nature of getting outside and allowing the earth, asking the earth, asking nature to help you through this, you know, to help take that energy out of your body so that you can replenish yourself with something more high vibrational or whatever it is. Um, and I, I really want to emphasize like the, <laughs> the power of telling your story and when i say that i don't mean that you have to go out and like post your story on social media or share on facebook you know sometimes we jump the gun too quickly when it comes to that and we lose the eloquence of our words i say if you feel like the eloquence then you're ready but if the eloquence isn't there and i don't mean perfect perfect you can be messy as hell and still be eloquent right? Mm -hmm. um, but just the power of telling your story and the way to practice that is like I mentioned earlier is to start telling it to the most important person like in your life. And that is you. Mm. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Start the journey with ourselves and, and yeah, we start to create that intimacy within our own selves. And then from that place, it's like, if it's meant to be shared, it will be shared. But um, it's so beautiful. Such a beautiful conversation. It's so amazing to have you here on the show. And um, of course, we'll make sure that all the links are um, below for people to, um, to be in touch and find your work. And we are going to give away a digital copy oh. of your book. And so, um, but all you need to do is um, tag, oh. yeah, take a screenshot of you listening to this episode and then tag me at emilyperry.co. And what's the best Instagram tag for people to tag you? Um, at Thugunicorn. 
Okay, at Thug Unicorn. Yeah, so she has this great. Yeah. I mean, we even talk. We didn't even talk about Thug Unicorn, but I know it's like such a. <laughs> we'll do that next time. <laughs> next time, next conversation will just be about that because I love it so much. Um, so yeah, tag us in your Instagram stories or in your posts, and um, we'll be giving away a uh, a copy of the book, a digital copy, and it will. Um, we have about a week after this episode drops, and um, look in the show notes for the the deadline for that. And Tanya, thank you so much for, for being here. It's such a great conversation. So amazing to have you thank here. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us here on the Rock Your Purpose podcast. Don't forget to look in the show notes and in the notes for this episode on how you can enter to win a copy of the SheBook 2.0. I love it already. I've been reading through it and I'm so inspired and I can't wait to share it with you. Don't forget, of course, Heart Medicine Masterclass still has its doors open. The Live Awake Collective is ready for you to get on the wait list. And we can't wait to connect with you again soon. Take care, be well, and ciao for now.